0: Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good, because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast, going a little bit off script again this week with the first official podcast of the new year. And uh, rather than introducing you to a new Redemption Press author, I am going to have my husband, Dr. Ross Holtz, join me as we talk about our new book, Together for a Purpose, Love and Mission in Marriage and Ministry. It came out in December of 2022. And we are launching our new year with a conversation about being together for a purpose and discovering that purpose, and then glorifying God as a couple. So I hope you will enjoy this conversation. Let me give a proper introduction before we roll that. Dr. Jeffrey Ross Holtz was the founding and senior pastor of the summit in Enumclaw, Washington. He holds a Master of Religious Studies, a Doctorate of Ministries, and a Doctorate of Divinity from Columbia Evangelical Seminary and is ordained with the Evangelical Free Church of America. He is also the author of Are You in the Game or in the Way? A Question for Pastors and Men's Ministry Leaders. And then my own bio, which is kind of weird to read my bio on this podcast, but I am the founder and publisher of the Hybrid Redemption Press in Enumclaw, Washington, was named Best Female Podcast Host of the Year for 2021 by the National Spark Media for this very podcast, the All Things Podcast. I am the author of Full Circle, Coming Home to the Faithfulness of God, and the founder of the She Writes for Him writers online and in-person events, and the Redeemed and Restored video broadcast podcast. So this is a fun conversation about our relationship how we told our story in this fun format where he said she said and then questions at the end of each chapter to work through together Um, so i hope you will enjoy this conversation and then make sure you get a couple of copies to give as gifts if you're not married and not looking to get married it's a great resource for any couple that is in your life that you want to encourage. So let's roll that conversation. Well, hey everyone, we are here for the very first all things podcast of 2023. Yeah. And I'm go. I know my loving husband is, is here. <laughs> is here with me. Uh, hi. And we are going to talk about our new book that just came out in December, Together for a Purpose. And we had a launch and we had all sorts of fun things happening when the book first came out. But because I'm always interviewing other people and other authors on the All Things podcast, all of a sudden, one of my team members said, uh, what about you guys? Yeah,
1: and nobody wanted to interview us.
0: <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, okay, so we're just going to go back and forth with these questions. Yeah. And, and these
1: are questions that came in from various sources, some of them from our own uh, marketing department, some from other people. Here we go. We're we'll going to start with this. The question was so, yours is an unusual love story one that survived unexpected early challenges. It sounded like you were blindsided. How did the two of you stay strong against so much coming at you?
0: Well, I guess I'll start on that. And I would have to say that, you know, we just really uh, hung on to each other and to God as all but I mean we had no idea that people were going to be upset. How could anyone be upset with us? With our with their <laughs> beloved pastor? What?
1: Yeah. And and the fact is, I I was so enamored with you, I didn't see all the rest of the stuff for a while. Uh, it it really we Wait, were, the we, rest of what stuff the people leaving and all that oh, stuff. Okay. I didn't see all that. I was I was just happy to find somebody who'd marry me, and and uh, I was so much in love that really honestly, I didn't see a lot of the stuff that was going on. I wasn't paying much attention to that because I was. So shocked that I felt somebody would fall in love with me and want to be in my life with me after Kathy's death. That, um, yeah, later, but at the time,
0: I think we were just. We were oblivious.
1: Only had eyes for you. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because we were just so uh, smitten, we didn't necessarily notice. The red flags that were out there, people kind of grumbling, people not happy. Well, um,
1: I, I knew that there were people that were unhappy, but it, at that point, I didn't. I didn't see it being as taking as much action as it did. But it's okay. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because it's all past. But but it, God was good, and we were in love, still in love. Um, yeah. So I, it really. Well, staying, I didn't see all the challenges. I was just happy. Yeah. Still happy.
0: Well, and we and we didn't even have a clue that this the kinds of challenges that we ran into when we announced our our marriage and got married um, is kind of normal for pastors who are widowed and end up remarrying. There's always fallout, but we didn't know that. So we didn't even know, we didn't know we didn't know. And so we just, I mean, I remember having to, before I would go to bed at night and we would pray together before we went to sleep and just say, okay, we're going to forgive them. Because if we don't, we're opening the door to But they never... That never
1: really was an issue for us, really. We didn't, we, we don't, neither of us hold grudges very well. And uh, yeah, it, we, we, I didn't even, we didn't even have really long discussions about it. We just had other things to do.
0: But my feelings were hurt and I didn't understand why people would be upset that he was marrying me, especially after Kathy, his wa- late wife of 49 years, picked me out for him. Ah, which leads us to the next question. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, the question was to Athena, tell us about Ross's late wife's list for her replacement. Did you actually take them that seriously? Did you ever think you would actually be with someone from her list? Hmm. Well, you didn't actually see the list. You only had a conversation with her about you.
0: Yes, she actually, maybe about three months into me going to church at the summit, uh, said to me, you know, I told Ross, if anything ever happens to me, he should marry you. And this was before she was sick, before Before she she knew knew she was was sick. sick. She probably was sick at that point, but she didn't know it. And so she said that to me. And then I was out of the picture um, in Texas. And turns out she had made a list of the five women that Ross had permission to consider as potential wives,
1: well, that, that's a little too strong. But I don't she know. Was, she was she pretty was,
0: strong. She
1: was suggesting that because
0: I I took the
1: same position I did after that. Who would want to marry me? Um, I didn't have any retirement money, and I was getting old, and had part of my family living in my old house, and uh, but. Uh, So she did make a list, and uh, Athena was uh, uh, the head of the list. And and she and I had discussions about some of the people, but I didn't take it very seriously. I didn't, didn't, first of all, I wasn't sure that I would marry again. And at that point, I wasn't sure anybody would want to marry me. I was pretty sure they didn't, uh, especially as somebody as cool as you. And uh, Ah. (laughs) because cool is big, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I don't think we, didn't really take it that serious until later when I discovered that she had talked to my kids, and 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 told them um, about these these particular individuals and about Athena and my kids knew Athena and uh, so yeah so that and that really that's often what happens with families is that the families decide that uh, Papa shouldn't get married again because
0: yep. it would dishonor yeah the and, person that passed. So, uh, kathy made it very clear that she didn't want
1: uh them to do that and that that wouldn't be respectful to her or make her happy in any way so so that for as far as that was concerned. but at the time and, and i didn't start dating you because you were on the list okay but it didn't hurt it didn't hurt no, no. Okay.
0: i just always love to say that he had five choices that he was allowed to consider and i was number one yeah. You? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was number yeah. one. Even though he didn't show me the list, so I have no idea who the other ones were.
1: Well, there was a couple of movie stars, and uh, <laughs> the others were all rich.
0: <laughs> and you got me. Uh, uh,
1: well, I thought you were going to be rich. <laughs> oh well. no, that's that's a joke. It's a joke and you need yeah. to know. The other women were not uh, rich. The other women were, were very nice people. And, uh, but I like you best.
0: Mm, I'm so glad. So, you know, Ross always says, and he said it in the book, I'm perfect for her. So I'm gonna let you answer, how do you think our personalities mesh and what makes you perfect for me? Mm. And am I perfect for you? Ooh. Well, that's a whole different question. <laughs> but,
1: but, uh, I'm perfect for you because I'm wishy-washy. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I my first wife was very strong-willed. And when I was dating Athena, my, my oldest son sat down. We were having a, a scotch and a cigar, actually. And, and he says, Pop, are you crazy? Or are you just masochistic? Why do you want another strong-willed woman? And, and I thought about that. I like strong-willed women and i'm perfect for strong movement because i am strong enough i'm comfortable in my flesh i can stand up for myself when i need to but i don't have a real heavy ego in that sense that needs a a woman to be building me up and uh, i i like women who are intelligent who have a a purpose in life other than just um taking care of me i I like the fact that that's part of your purpose And, and so um Athena, you may know, is a very, is an intelligent, somewhat driven, uh, tends to be workaholic at times. And uh, in spite of the fact that she's a lovely Christian woman, she is often focused on other things than me, which is perfectly okay, because I understand that. And, uh, and so I'm perfect in the sense that I don't get my feelings hurt easily i mean i get my feelings hurt but not easily and um and i'm not terribly demanding i don't think and i'm pretty easygoing. i'm a phlegmatic personality which doesn't make me perfect for the pastor but um yeah and i i, I like being with uh, strong people men and women but uh my choice in women has always been strong-willed women who are outspoken willing to say what's on their mind i, I hate to try and guess what women are thinking because you know the idea is men are not good at that and uh, we don't catch subtleties and the thing about Athena is there's very uh, very little about it that's subtle. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, are you and,
0: and and I like
1: I like that actually. So I am perfect. Yeah are you perfect for me? I, I think so. Uh we'll have to sit down and analyze it in that same uh sense but anyway yeah you're I'm perfect for you.
0: Well, and because
1: and I'm we, crazy about you, whether you're perfect for me or not, I'm crazy about you.
0: Well, and I'm crazy about you. And it's been almost nine years. So our personalities do mesh because he's just a, a phlegmatic type personality, easygoing and he, and well, that's what your like <laughs> wife said. I never called you that, <laughs> but me being strong willed, want to get things done. We compliment each other instead of butting heads, and I appreciate that. But But, you're not a pushover. Oh, no, no, no.
1: I'll stand up for myself when I need to, and I'm I'm comfortable with who I am.
0: So now pastors hate to see people leave their churches. And as a pastor, how did you deal with over one-third of your congregation leaving after we got married?
1: Oh, I'm still dealing with it <laughs> after all these years. Um, first of all, they didn't all leave it with, as a group, and uh, and there were other factors. We had some very important people in the church who died, and the culture of the church changed a bit because of the death. So it wasn't purely from us. And and I take everybody who leaves. I take it personally. I I know I read all the books. They say I'm not supposed to, um, but I do. But uh, we dealt with it, but what was happening was interesting because, um, in in the midst of all this, there were lots of new things happening. And again, you and I were together for the first time, and I really was a little bit oblivious because I was uh, I, I had a woman again who loved me and cared for me, and I didn't think I was going to have that again. So, um, how did I handle it? Not. Not terribly well, I wasn't angry with God. I did ask him about it a few times and um, he never did tell me uh, what he thought, but we got through it and we're still getting through it actually.
0: Okay. Do you have any tips for dealing with the inevitable criticism that comes with being in public ministry?
1: Sure, ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, easier said than Uh, done. Yeah, and that's not a good choice, But, but I try not to take it first I try and analyze first of all I nobody likes criticism um, that I know of and uh, people use the term constructive criticism I have never seen criticism in a constructive form from my point of view but I have learned that it's necessary because I don't I know I don't do everything right and I know that that God is going to teach me and most often he teaches me through other people so when people come and they have a criticism I I I try and be gracious before I slam the door on them, and uh, and tell. That's a joke. It is a joke. It is yeah. Uh, And some of the things that I want to say, I'm gracious enough not to say. But then when I'm alone with God, I ask him, "What about this? Is this really uh, something I need to look at?" And I I recognize that all of us have blind spots. So I, I I did pay attention. I learned some things, and there were. And and I'll tell you, in ministry, I've been in ministry for 50 years, Um, I have made every mistake that there can be except being unfaithful and morally inept, uh, intellectually inept at times, and maybe spiritually inept at times. But uh, other than that, I made all the mistakes you could make, and I've said things I shouldn't say, and I haven't said things that I should say. So I... I, I know that I'm not, I'm just an average guy. I'm just an average pastor doing an average job trying to walk with God, which is not an easy thing to do, uh, really, if you're honest about it. Because, you know, he, he said that God said to Jeremiah, if you can't walk with men, how are you going to run with horses? And what he meant was, if you can't even keep up with men, how are you going to keep up with me? So um, so how did I deal with it? Uh, uh, I tried to take accept what was legitimate and ignore what wasn't. And some of it was, was, was not legitimate and it wasn't from God, so yep.
0: yeah. And you know, I, I remember reading a book uh, about business called A Complaint is a Gift. And really, if it's if it's a complaint that is a legitimate one, yeah. not just, you know, totally out in left field, the enemy's trying to discourage us or whatever. So when it's a actual legitimate complaint, we can actually learn something from that in business in ministry in life. That's how we grow. Cause we don't, we have blind spots. We There's do. things we don't see about ourselves and about our, you know, how we handle the situation. I think you say it best when you say, we judge others on what they do and we judge ourselves on our intentions. Okay. Yeah. And so we don't always see clearly. So a complaint can be a gift yeah. if it's a true, honest complaint. And so that's you know I know that's how I've tried to look at it because um, I have watched especially uh, my husband be uh, I think betrayed verbally and different ways that uh, really offended me uh, and a lot of those were not legitimate complaints yeah. there there have been legitimate were. ones they certainly were yeah. and we grow from those. Yeah. All right,
1: which which leads us to another question that I think is a very good question. What's the one habit that you practice together that you feel strengthens your bond? Well, there one that stands out, but there are others. We'll talk about the one. How does this habit enrich you as a couple? And personally, we both know what that is.
0: That is very, right from the get-go, we made a decision to start every morning and end every day with prayer. Yeah. No matter how, you know, What's going on? The world could be on fire. Our world could be on fire. <laughs> and,
1: and sometimes I will have to say, uh, you pray.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there have been times where I was upset about something. And yeah. so I had to say to God, I don't really want to pray right now. Yeah, yeah. But.
1: And that's what is most important to pray, actually. Yeah. Uh, when When we don't really want to, because we need to. But that, I think that's one of the things. There's other things that we do. We go to church together. We listen to music together. We we uh, read our phones together. <laughs> uh, so there are other things, but I think the big one is prayer. I, I do. Um, yeah. we, we do have some theological discussions, but not too often. Um,
0: Sometimes it's just. I'm reading something and I'm seeing something that's potentially out of context or not sure if it's out of context. So I'll ask him to give me your take on this and we'll have a discussion about it. But that's and and we use
1: some time. of the same devotionals and she'll right. say, did you read Streams in the Desert? Or or I'll say, well, hey, listen to this from uh, from morning and evening, Spurgeon's thing. So we, we do have those, but the prayer is the big thing. Um, which leads to another question. As you tell your story, you talk a lot about purpose. (laughs) How do you suggest couples go about finding God's purpose in their lives together? Well, I think it's
0: something that is worth conversations about, worth praying together about, um, really uh, kind of coming together and, and not only, let me just say, reading this book and actually answering the questions at the end of each chapter is a great way to start thinking about as a couple what your purpose what god's purpose might be for you and there
1: are some things in marriage that are universal god wants us to please him with our marriage he wants us to to show love his love for each other uh he wants to produce Children, he wants us to have families. So there's some things that are that are common for the purpose. Purpose is to benefit the community in which we live as a as husband and wife, and to benefit a church. I think it's imperative that couples belong to a church and serve together. Sometimes you don't serve doing the same thing, but serving as a unit. Uh, and that's universal. And then there are special things since. As, as, you know, not everyone's called to the pastorate. Not everyone's called to certain things. And and when you came in, that was one of the things that I wondered about whether you were sane or not.
0: <laughs> you actually, I didn't know what you I did wanted to be a pastor's wife. I didn't know what that meant. It's the hardest job there is. Um,
1: and um, so.
0: <laughs> Call me crazy. Uh, yeah. But okay. I was crazy and love. Yeah, there you go. So, so it's probably uh, better than I was. So how how,
1: how do you suggest about finding
0: God's purpose? In their life?
1: Read the Bible.
0: Yeah. And read the Bible and read it, t- together, and read it together. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, I I think people should be in life groups in small groups of some sort, um, and, and it doesn't have to be a Bible study. We we belong to a a life group that um, I think most of them would would like more Bible study, but it's more of a, of a life group. We talk about life. We talk about God. We talk about scriptures, but it's not a planned agenda kind of a thing, at least not at this point. And, and for me, uh, that's what I really need, people to live life in mission with, mm-hmm. and, and that will help find purpose, I think. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the next question is, you are very candid as you write about your lives. Candid. I didn't mean to be that candid, but uh, we are. We're pretty transparent we people. We are very transparent. Uh, what is the one point you want most to get across by telling your stories? You answer first, and then I'll give mine.
0: Well, I certainly saw we both came into this marriage with uh, a focus on the faithfulness of God yeah. in our lives individually before we got together and then as we got married just the faithfulness of god of how he put us together the way he worked it all how he did it and to then really um just not only think about how god works all things together for good for those who are are called i i know but,
1: (laughs) but this is this
0: is part of this i
1: know go ahead go ahead
0: because not only are we supposed to be smitten with the fact that he does work things together for good, even when they're hard, but that he also does it so that he can conform us into the image of his son, which is the next verse, Romans 8, 29. And I just think it's important as we're telling our stories to be real and to be honest and to tell about the struggles and the hard things instead of just Everything's rosy and, you
1: know, whatever. And, and, and my, I go right along this, but for me, the point of, of my life is to say that God is good. I have people, a couple of times a week, it seems like people will say, well, this almost happened to me. God is good. Or I got this job. God is good. or God is good whether you get the job or not. God is good whether you were spared death in the car accident or not. God is good. And um, Romans eight twenty eight is a follow up of that. But that uh, what I want people to get from my ministry is that God is good. He's not easy. I you know I love I, I love the Chronicles of Narnia and one of the stories is Mrs. Bieber, I think is talking to Lucy. Maybe I have the names wrong. And, and Lucy is asking about Aslan and she says Aslan is he safe? And she says safe. He's a lion, but he's good. Yeah. And, and is God safe? No and being a christian is not an easy way to live and if somebody says well it was it easier to be a christian or a non-christian it's easier to be a non-christian it just doesn't have the same benefits because god is good and and even in the hard times and i've been through a few not as many as some people and more than others i suppose i'm in that group that lost a, a loving spouse which was painful but even in the midst of that, we were all able to recognize God's goodness. She, she, she died really well without much pain, and she slipped off into maternity with God waiting for her. So it's pretty hard to be angry about that, pretty hard to be upset about that. But painful. But God is good. He really is good. And My biggest question of my life and the one I've had to struggle with is, why is he good to me? I, most of the time following him, I'm limping along behind. And I struggle following God because it's not easy. And um, I struggle with wondering why would he be so good to me? And I'm 75 years old and I look back over my life and um, he's always been faithful, which, you know, the subtitle of your book, coming back to the faithfulness of God. um, He's always been faithful. And and I look ahead and, and we're in a period of transition and some wonder and some doubt. It's an adventure of some sort. And, and at times, my natural inclination is to worry, and yet, what have I got to worry about? Really, he'll take care of me one way or the other. It, it may not be easy, and, and at the time, it may not seem like what I want, but ultimately, I know he is good, and that's what I want people to get from my life, from the book. And as I was writing my chapters, that's one of the underlying thoughts. God is good. He really is good. Um, even when things are hard he's still working together for good he
0: says that um, and he is sanctifying us yeah. and conforming us to the image of his son which yeah. can be painful because oh, it's always
1: painful actually
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah because we don't conform easily most no. of us
0: no so we want to as we wrap this up just encourage you um to get a copy of together for a purpose love and mission in marriage and ministry and um, work through it with your, do the questions. Yeah. Do the questions, work through it with your spouse, or even if you're um, engaged, it's got some great discussion questions to help you. And we've had people tell us, this is the first marriage book my husband's ever read with me and doing the questions together was a game changer. Well, because
1: I had a very strong influence on the questions. The influence, because most marriage books seem like they're written for women. And this one really is not, it, it, not I, well, women too, but I think there's a, men will appreciate it. And the questions that I wrote um, really had to do with me and, and as men, and we approached marriage differently. We approached things differently. Um, so I, I encourage, uh, you know, what I want to say is read the book. If you don't like it, send it back. We'll give your money back. But I don't think we could do that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, yeah, we encourage you to, um, really at the beginning of the year, like we are say, okay, Lord, Oh, I want to know in a deeper way, uh, what your purpose is for my marriage, for my upcoming marriage, for my, whatever the relationship is, um, And really, I've even had single women read this and say, it was such an encouragement, it gave me hope. And so um, just, I want to just close by saying, um, be encouraged, be challenged, and um, see what God wants to uh, work in your heart for 2023. And, And we hope that this resource will be kind of a launching pad for you. That'd be good. And we'd like so. that. And
1: we'd like to hear from you if if, you, if there's something that was particularly beneficial. And, and we'd like to hear from people. And we'll answer you if you if you send us a, an email or a, 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 some sort of a message. We'll answer and we'll talk about it. And if there's things you don't like,
0: tell us that too, because. Complaints are a gift, (laughs) but you can actually find more information about the book at togetherforapurpose.com and best wishes for your 2023. God bless you. I will be back next week for another episode of the All Things Podcast, but Dr. Ross, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, it's,
1: it's an honor to be here, and I'll be back when she invites me. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, as you can watch her, this, she doesn't bring me on very often, so.
0: Not very, but you never know. I might have more plans this yeah. year. All right.
1: Say goodnight, Gracie. night,
0: Gracie. <laughs> <Good> night, Gracie. <laughs> Bye, Bye for now. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Romans 828 Bookstore and Redemption Press. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and maybe even leave a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms get us up higher to the top when people are searching for podcasts that can bring them hope and encouragement. So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.